This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraus. Thanks for listening. Last week, I, James Taylor Foster, spent some time at the Columbia Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation's annual end-of-year show, installed throughout their home at Avery Hall in New York City. I caught a moment with the school's dean, Amal Andreas, to chat a little about why these grand exposés are important, what they can tell us about trends and fascinations, and how, in response to a unique political climate, the work of an architecture school, and GSAP in particular, is reaffirming its role as a condenser and producer of speculative thought. The show was organised by the GSAP's director of exhibitions, Irene Sunwoo, with Adam Bandler. I've spent about three hours going through the show. Yeah. It's all over Avery Hall, for a start, which is like, absolutely fascinating. There's no kind of prescribed exhibition space. And the first thing I sort of noticed and which has become more apparent the more I've gone through, is that there are a lot of books. There is a lot of publication that's taken place of a really, really high quality. And it seems fairly unique. Would you agree? I think so. I think it's been really a sort of interesting development in recent years. The fact that architects don't just make buildings, they also make things, and some of those things happen to be books. And the books aren't necessarily only about discourse or theory they're also about just architecture and building and about making things and because I think the school really emphasizes and tries to foster the sense that you're constantly making a kind of argument through your work you're trying to carve a position the books make sense even though you know the architecture program here doesn't have a thesis you're always making a thesis the students have started to make these books and they've become quite sophisticated, I think. No, I mean, quite sophisticated materially as well. I mean, this kind of beautiful woolen felt that seems to have have spread across. And, you know, and it's really uh, exciting because you can also... So some schools, you know, the big debate amongst the faculty, a sort of very productive debate happens at the beginning of the year or during admissions or whatever. But here, the ritual is the end of the year, faculty gets together around the students' portfolios. And you, 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 know, you can see a cross-section of the school, and then you can read trends and, and what comes in and what, you know, what goes out. So five years ago, we had the fluorescent pink portfolio, and that seems to have, you know, the pink has faded, and we're in a kind of white phase. All the black is having a comeback. Well, you know, the pink has literally faded. Yes. There's lots yes. of kind of these beautiful pastely pinks beautiful everywhere. Beautiful very soft, um, uh, and and I like that. I like that we're in this moment where a student you know, male or female would be like, you know, I want to do a soft pink portfolio. Like, I think it's it, it shows a level of comfort that you don't feel like you have to be bombastic or you... Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's very interesting to look at the school through the lens of these books. It does it does show a degree of, of confidence, actually, and, uh, and a kind of a, like a quiet confidence, but you go down into the basement. I'm not sure if it is. There's, there's probably a floor further down, right? I mean, I don't know, but it's... it's so, so, the, so it's, you know, it's like the building is a really in, incredible section because, of course, the school has always been a parasite above and under Avery Library. <laughs> and we're, we're sort of surrounding 
history. Uh, and so under Avery Library is, you know, Brownies, which is the cafe. And uh, for the end of your show, it's taken over by the first and second years. And those two years are really where the kind of explosion of model making happens. And so there's been, so they just take up much more room. And, uh, and the second year now, which is our scales of environment, is looking at systems and waste and micro and macro and really thinking through uh, materiality. So you definitely had a little bit of artipovera uh, meets plastic uh, down there. There's also a focus on, on libraries as a, as a kind of programmatic observation. And I'm thinking initially of the, uh, the, kind of the first thing you see almost as you walk in on your right is the Library for the Illiterate, Core One Studio by Christoph Kumpusch, which is quite a, an interesting, almost aggressive, but incredibly diverse entry yeah. into, into the school, I imagine, for the students. And of course, what, what is shown is... In some way, this is not soft at all. This is quite out there. This is not soft. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty uh, pretty engaged in terms of expression and materiality, and uh, and you know, Christoph coordinates the um, the first semester, and I think you know really gets students to think about architecture in a different way. And in this case, so the library is the second semester as the first building they deal with. Um, uh, and it's interesting because what is a library today? Uh, you know, going back to the notion of books, uh, even at the time when uh, Seattle Public Library was happening, the thought was, well, the library is going to disappear. But actually, of course, it 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 didn't. And but it's become something else. It's become a community center. It's become a place uh, of great diversity. It's become you know the first stop for immigrants. It's become uh, so many other things, uh, uh, and so I think a lot of the faculty in the first year, you know, take this kind of incredibly uh, loaded type and explode it completely. Um, and I think in the case of the, you know, the library for the illit illiterate, I think it, you know, touches on this sense that you have to reinvent these uh, programs and these types. Exactly, and I mean, I think it's. Libraries, as you say, have become something much more than just kind of repositories for books. They're social condensers in, in many ways. And I think it's very interesting that Avery Hall or the GSAP is sort of um, a, a kind of, as you said, a parasite around Avery Hall because then you go up into the studio spaces where there's also exhibitions taking place. And certainly on, on the opening night, it was exhibitions amid crowds of people, amid paper and cardboard and everything all over the place. The atmosphere was, was, was really, really quite interesting. Quite explosive. And you know, the thing that's nice is that we try not to over-curate the end of your show. So this year, we really focus on the spaces of circulation. So the core and the stairwell is really all of the courses that are about representation, whether it's making or the visual studies sequence or technology. And I think that that play between these new making classes and the visual studies is really interesting right now. The school is definitely moving away from this fetish of technology and making has a much more poetic or experimental or, you know, 
take everything you can and make something versus no it has to be a kind of fab lab project yeah absolutely it was certainly a real pleasure i think to see sketch models all, all over the place actually you know from the basement to the top floors and to have this you know i was listening to someone describe it as a kind of no filter approach to exhibiting yeah. which i think is fascinating except for the books the books is like the filters <laughs> but but yeah i mean it's it's not it's uh i mean one of the i love uh, tay carpenter's kind of waste mound um and uh and erica gets has this kind of chicken coop uh models in the chicken coop and so it's very playful yeah um, obviously yeah now it, it's also interesting to go around the studios led by architects or practices who who do have distinct styles, be they representational, be they conceptual, and to see how um, the student work has evolved. I'm thinking of um, the the studio co-led by, by Stephen Hall or by Kirsten Gears or by Atelier Bauwau. Um, what's interesting to me is that I know all their work and, and, and many people do, but you see a phenomenal kind of diversity. There is a germ or a seed of that kind of architect's influence, as there should be. But it's amazing how much freedom the projects seem to, to be given. Is this true? Yeah, there's a tremendous freedom. And I think that it's a really nice conversation between this type of architect, Momoyo, Kirsten, Stephen, uh, amongst others that have a very strong sense of their practice, but you know they won't really want to experiment also when they're teaching here, and so it's a, it's more of a conversation and a feedback loop because it's also about you know what the students bring to the table. They don't want to be spoon fed. Um, I mean they they want to they want to take a studio with a particular person, but they also really want to develop their own voice, and so this is where the book comes into play. And so that you know while the students are kind of creating their own trajectory across a number of studios, it's really an intersection between the students' trajectory and then this moment of a particular architect moving that trajectory slightly one way or another. And I think particularly in, in this part of the exhibition, where there are the... What level are these these students? These are the, so this is the third year. This is the third year, yeah. precisely. Yeah. Um, what you see is is a more carefully edited... I don't want to say filtered, because it's not clearly not filtered, but in comparison to this kind of... Explosion. Explosion, <laughs> it kind of tightens yeah. in quite an interesting way, because there's clearly a precise message that's being delivered. I think there's a kind of maturity that happens where the drawings are more calibrated. There's interest in, especially in the last semester, I think students put everything together and synthesize it into a building or a clear proposition. And so a lot of these explorations kind of make it into a more formed project at the end, for sure. Yeah. And so I wondered, really, what trends do you see emerging particularly now through this kind of cohort of students? I mean, I could certainly pick upon representational ones, um, but I wonder whether it sort of extends out into sort of the kind of typologies people are looking at and the kind of, uh, you know, if we're honest, we're in a moment of intense urgency yeah. um, with regard to, to, to the political situation, and obviously this feeds into the built environment. Have you seen a shift take place? There is a shift and there isn't in that the school, I think, uh, at any moment in its, you know, as far as I can think about its history, has been very engaged. You know, it's a school that is about engagement. You know, it's not a school where 
you know, architecture is this kind of autonomous project. And so I think that thinking through architecture, thinking through the city, thinking through environmental issues, thinking through even a kind of political position, you find that the students really try to articulate their kind of position vis-a-vis the world through architecture. You know, Kirsten gave a school and, uh, you know, Momoyo, as uh, interest in the rural is a kind of really timely one and there's a lot to be learned there and Stephen's projects you know although they're always incredibly about you know architectural they're always embedded within the city it's also always about the city and and I can go through you know the, uh, the rural urban framework his trip to Mongolia and Hillary Sample's engagement with you know housing and questions of density so there are questions of, you know, if you look at David Benjamin, kind of infrastructural issues and material issues. So there's a kind of representational project that I think cuts across. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a level of engagement which is moving beyond either or, yeah. but rather finding ways through the work to open up ways to engage. Yeah. And just to pick up on something you mentioned earlier, which is this notion of of making, taking a kind of more predominant position within the culture of the school. Have you seen that in terms of drawings? You maybe also have been referring to drawings. Yeah, I think drawings as well. well, I was very adamant that the rendering had like run its course, and so I think we've we've seen now for about three four years a great revival of drawing, and the axonometric had its peak, I would say, two years ago, and now the drawings are becoming more complex. I think students are figuring out that um, you know this is their voice, and if it's just a generic you know, rendering their voice doesn't come through. I mean, Bernard always had a great studio where he would focus on the question of notation and how that was generative of of the project. And of course, his own work has always been about this kind of notational mm-hmm. way to, to generate a process and then and then an architecture. And representation is really the kind of hinge, right, between the yeah. architecture and the world. And so drawing has definitely had a huge comeback. Certainly there is a a sort of settling of the topography, I think, and it's so visible as, for someone like me who comes into the school irregularly and has these kind of like, but but, but still fairly regularly, and has these observations, right, but never a kind of pan-school observation. What you do see is a kind of sophistication, actually, when it comes to, and this is to do with the bookmaking, when it comes to also using words um, to correspond with images. And, you know, these are skills like editing and self-curation and these things, which actually are super important for the development of a portfolio, but the development of a, of a particular voice, as you said, a kind of individual style. That would be my observation, my, my kind of predominant observation. I also think that it, it does demonstrate a level of kind of cohesion amid, um, across the entire school, which, you know, you actually kind of rarely see. Oh, great, yeah. We're trying to create a culture where discourse and practice work hand in hand, yeah. right? That, that one grounds the other um, and, and that it's not an either or condition, but it's really, it, it's a school about ideas and how they manifest themselves. And so um, I'm happy you can trace that through the work. I'm sure many, many other people will. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.